0: Uh, The Bible passage we're looking at this morning is from Genesis chapter 4 verses 1 to 7 and Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. We're going to be looking at two short passages. I've requested uh, Vasha to read it out for us.
1: Genesis 4 verse 1 to 7. Now Adam knew Eve his wife and she conceived and bore Cain saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Hebrews 11, verse 4 By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks.
0: This is the word of the Lord. I know this is a, a slightly perplexing passage. Uh, there are no vegan versus uh, non-vegan uh, uh, issues here, I can, I can, I can assure you. Uh, it's not about God loving meat and not loving vegetables, not at all. Uh, this is a perplexing uh, passage. Why was Abel's offering pleasing to God? And why was Cain's offering not pleasing to God. I'm hoping to unpack this uh, at least a little bit uh, this morning to the extent God will enable me to. But more than that, what I'm hoping to do this morning is to help us see how this passage is making such a compelling case for the New Testament practice of tithing. The practice of tithing acknowledges That all we are and all we earn through our labor is in fact a gift from God. And as followers of Christ Jesus, we give the first 10%, at least the first 10% of our income back to God through the local church we belong to as a way of worshiping and honoring God. And I'm going to try and explain why at New City we believe in this truth. Let's look at uh, this passage. From whatever Cain earned, he brought an offering to God. And from whatever Abel earned, uh, he brought an offering to God. But who told Cain and Abel to bring an offering to God? Who told Cain and Abel? that they have to bring an offering to God from the fruit of all their labor. Who told them that from the income that they earned every month, they had to bring an offering to God? Nobody told them. There was no law uh, on tithing at that point in time. There was no law on offering at that point in time. Cain and Abel both brought an offering to God spontaneously. They knew this was the right thing to do. This was the worship that God deserved. They knew instinctively that this was the right worship that all of creation must offer to create a God. This, Cain and Abel both knew, is the most basic expression of worship. They knew the land was created by God. They knew the strength and skill they had to work the land and produce the fruit. They knew this, the strength and skill to labor came from God. And so setting aside a portion of what God has blessed us with and intentionally and consistently and joyfully bringing that back to God, diligently bringing that back to God, is the most basic, the most normal, and the most obvious worship response of people who truly believe in God. And of a son, Jesus Christ. I'm sure none of us will have any issues with this. I'm sure all of us will agree that this is basic worship. To bring back to God as a way of honoring him. As a way of thanking him for all the good gifts he has given us. To bring back a portion of it and give it back to God acknowledging. I'm sure we all agree that this is the most basic worship. This is not even generosity. This is gratitude. The problem might come with that 10%. You might wonder, where did that 10% come from? We'll talk about that. Is that 10% biblical? Is that relevant in the New Testament? Isn't that an Old Testament command? We're going to look at all of that today. But let me start off by saying, by asking, do you do this every month? Do we do this every month? The most basic worship, joyfully, gratefully giving to God something that God has already blessed us with as an act of worship. When we receive our salary every month, do we acknowledge, Lord, this is not just my labor. This is you giving me the skill and the strength to labor. And out of my salary, I'm going to bring back an offering of gratitude and worship to you. Let me tell you the truth. People who believe in tithing and practice it joyfully end up being far more consistent in their worship of God in this way for longer periods of time, generally for their entire lifetime. On the other hand, people who don't practice Tithing, for whatever reason, they may not believe in it, or they may not just be able to do it. Uh, People who don't practice it consistently, their giving is very haphazard. Their giving is is not led by faith. Their giving is emotional. It's it's kind of based on pulls and pressures. It's based on whims. It's based on how we may feel in a moment. It's not consistent. Of course, there are exceptions, always exceptions. But in general, if we are not tithing regularly, in general, we may not be worshipping God consistently in thanking Him for all that He has blessed us with. You know this in your heart. If you are tithing regularly, I am willing to bet That you've been doing so for years and years and years. If you've just begun tithing and if you're tithing consistently and regularly, I'm willing to bet that you will do so for years and years and years, consistently in the joy of giving. On the other hand, if you're not tithing regularly, I'm willing to guess, I I think nine times out of time this is going to be right, that your giving is not going to be the quality, the consistency, the regularity of your generosity and giving back to God It's not going to be all that good. Now, in every church... And in every Christian setting, there are people uh, who are going to push back on this, especially if you're an explorer, if this is your first time in in the church in, in, in New City, if you don't know Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus, and someone invited you uh, to come to New City for the first time, you're here for the first time, I'm sure you're turning to your friend and you said, I didn't sign up to give 10% of my income. <laughs> don't worry. You We're know, you, not going to make you sign up before you leave, no. This is for those of us who are followers of Christ, who are joyful uh, in this. Now, in every church, there are people, in every Christian context, there are people who are going to push back on this. Uh, People are going to argue that tithing was set up under the law of Moses. This is the Old Testament, and Jesus has already fulfilled the law. We no longer have to go back and obey everything that's mentioned in in the Old Testament. The commands like tithing are definitely Old Testament, so we don't need to believe this. That's a reasonable objection. I respect that objection. Which is why I'm not preaching from Moses and the law, but I'm preaching from Genesis. Something that happened far before the law was given to human beings. There is this natural instinct to give back to God from everything that God has blessed us with. We don't need the Ten Commandments or the law or the Old Testament to tell us, that it's basic worship and gratitude to consistently month on month give back to God from what he has given us. As we can see from Cain and Abel, this is basic gratitude, basic worship. I know 10% is not mentioned here, so I'll come to the 10%. But let me get back to Cain and Abel in the passage. Why was Abel's offering pleasing to God and Cain's offering, not pleasing to God. Uh, Hebrews, a book in the New Testament, answers this question for us. We read that as well. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God, uh, uh, offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. What was this faith? How did Abel have more faith than Cain? It's a simple answer. It's It's found right in the passage in Genesis. We're looking at verse 3 and 4. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also bought off the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. Abel offered God his very best. He bought the firstborn of his flock. He bought the fat portions of the firstborn of his flock. And he offered them to God. Abel offered to God the very best from what he had earned. In other words, Abel valued God more than he valued the fat portions of the firstborn of his flock. Abel valued God more than the best of wealth and resources he had. Cain just gave some fruit. Uh, he gave the bare basics of what he what he had, but Abel gave the best. Abel was able to give away the, his best because he believed that God was his provider. He had no hesitation in giving away because he knew that anyway it was God who was blessing. He knew his security was in God. He knew his joy was in God. So he had no hesitation whatsoever in giving the Portions of what he had earned back to God as an offering of worship. Our practice of tithing, the first 10% of our income, mirrors this faith of Abel. It pleases God just as Abel's sacrifice pleases God. Pleased God. Tithing is crazy. Do, Do you realize that? Tithing in this day and age, tithing is crazy, radical, cutting edge faith in God. He thought about it. You know, about 15, 17 years ago, my, my first five, six years as a follower of Christ, I really struggled with tithing. Not that I didn't believe in it, I believed in it, but I was far too fond of spending and then all the other things. I, mean, I was terrible with my personal finances. And, you know, I had all kinds of loans. And so I I found a, a struggle. But, you know, there came a time like this perhaps for me when I was really convicted by God that I needed to honor God through my tithing. And around that point of time, when I made that commitment, I did the math. And I found out that if I did not tithe, I could finish my home loan seven to eight years earlier than I could otherwise if I tithed. I figured... That that um, I could drive a really cool SUV and not a boring sedan if I did not tithe. I, I figured. I knew. I did the math. I knew that I could eat out better. I could go to the better restaurants in town. In, in town BKC is full of them. Uh, I could have better holidays. Uh, I could buy uh, the newest iPhone on the day of launch every time Apple decides to launch 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 an iPhone. And in God's grace, somehow God's grace. enabled me and made me more excited about worshiping God with my finances than any of these. Now, don't get me wrong. Have your meal, have your holiday, buy the iPhone. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Right? God gives us. These are gifts he's given us to enjoy. And I'm definitely not going to say, give to God, he'll give you more so you can enjoy more. That's not, that's not what we believe here. Yes, it's biblical. When we give, God will bless us. But that's not the motive of our giving. Our motive of giving is to worship God and bless people. That is the motive of giving. So try tithing is crazy, radical, cutting-edge faith. And tithing is not just for one month, two months, three months. It's for a lifetime. We have the joy and the privilege of giving 10% of our income. At least 10% that's what we believe in your city. Back to God. That is faith. It adds up to a big amount. We don't see that as we're losing that amount. We're being deprived of that amount. We see that as the joy and the privilege and adventure. Crazy radical, cutting-edge faith. That's what tithing is all about. Having said that, I want to lay out three reasons why at New City we believe tithing is so relevant in the New Testament. And now I'm going to answer your 10% question. Three reasons. First reason, I want to lay out the biblical New Covenant reason for tithing. I'm not going back to Moses. I'm going to lay out the biblical new covenant reason for tithing. I want to lay out the biblical practical reason for tithing. And I want to lay out the biblical personal reasons for tithing. Biblical new covenant reasons, biblical practical reasons, and biblical personal reasons. Let's look at the biblical new covenant reason. As we saw, I'm going to begin with the Old Testament. As we saw earlier, Cain and Abel had the heart of offering to God. Most fundamental expressions of worship. 10% is nowhere mentioned yet. 10% is mentioned first time. When, when Abraham. Whom God called under the old covenant. To be a father of nations. Began tithing. We see that his grands- grandson Jacob. Also practiced tithing. This is before the law was given. When God gave the law. To, to the people of Israel. Through Moses. Tithing was specifically commanded in in the law tithes of israelites among other things were meant to provide for the levites the priests among the israelites because if you remember when god called israel out of egypt the priests did not have an inheritance they gave their lives full time to serving god so the tithes of the israelites were meant among other things to also provide for the levites And so those who don't really believe in tithing, they believe, they say, it's an Old Old Testament command and it applies, it does not apply to people who believe in Christ Jesus in the New Testament. They say Christ has come to fulfill the law. We don't have to go back to the Old Testament to keep obeying all the Old Testament laws. And I would say you're 100% correct. Absolutely, we believe in that. The Old Testament law of uh, of the Old Testament, and all the laws in the Old Testament are no longer applicable to us because we are under grace. Absolutely, yes. And so the 10% command does not apply to those of us under the grace, under the covenant of grace. And I would say, yes, the 10% command does not apply to any of us under grace. But the 100% command applies to every one of us, who are under grace because god has given all of his son he he held nothing back god laid his son at the altar to redeem us and redeem redemption by the way it's a financial term to redeem us and because we are redeemed paul says in the book of one corinthians we no longer belong to ourselves we belong to god we don't even own ourselves and how on earth can we own our finances so all of our lives, all of our finances, all of everything we have is is to be offered back to God. Let me let me illustrate this. And Jesus was very very clear about this teaching. Let me let me illustrate. Let me. Why is the objection first, uh, right? And I understand the objection. I respect the objection. It needs clarity, and, and I'm hoping I can bring that this morning. Take circumcision. How many of you believe the Old Testament command of circumcision applies to us now? Not at all. Thank God for that. I can hear the men rejoicing. Right? So, so, so you're, going, you're, you're, being, you're choosing what you want. and you, You're telling me circumcision is no longer applicable from the Old Testament, but, but tithing is apl- applicable from the Old Testament. So fair objection. But those who, who really hold on to the objection, we miss one point. Circumcision absolutely is not applicable in the New Testament. But it's different in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, only one part of the body was involved in circumcision. But in the New Testament, where circumcision was replaced by baptism, we're offering all of our bodies to Christ. We are saying, I want to identify with Jesus in my death. I want to die with him that I might rise with him. That's... That's what's happening. That's why grace is so much more than just the law. And Jesus taught this specifically. He taught New Testament believers how to handle Old Testament commands. In fact, a significant portion of his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 is about how New Testament believers under the covenant of grace ought to handle Old Testament commands under the covenant of the law. First, Jesus said uh, I tell, Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 5, the Old Testament says you should not murder, one of the Ten Commandments. Jesus said, the Old Testament says you should not murder, but Jesus said, I tell you that if you're angry with a brother, you've committed murder. What is Jesus doing here? He's taking the Old Testament command under the law and saying grace, under grace, the standard is so much more Jesus is calling New Testament believers under grace to a higher standard than Old Testament believers. Again, Jesus said, the Old Testament says you shall not commit adultery. One more of the Ten Commandments. But Jesus said, if you look at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery with her. And so here is the principle that Jesus is teaching us. New Testament believers should look at the Old Testament law with a higher standard, not because they are forced to, because it's their joy and privilege and honor to do so. So by the same principle, circumcision, baptism, and these reinterpretation of the Ten Commandments by Jesus, if the Old Testament believers had a mandatory 10%, I think it's logical to assume that New Testament believers joyfully give more than 10%. And I will never preach it's a command. I would never say give 10% tithes because that's an Old Testament command. I would say give, lay aside all of our finances for the glory of God as we lay aside all of our lives for the glory of God. That's the right way for a believer of Christ to live and which is why at New City we believe that every one of us have the joy and the privilege of giving at least 10% of our salaries back to God or our earnings back to God. This is the biblical the new covenant reason we joyfully tithe. The second is the biblical practical reason we should tithe. First, we look at the biblical new covenant reason we should tithe. Now we're looking at the biblical practical reason we should tithe. God's design for the church of Christ is that his church... This is the desire and the design of Christ Jesus. His desire is that his church must be built up by the joyful sacrificial service and by the joyful generosity of his people. The church of Christ was established immediately after Jesus rose again from the dead and ascended into heaven. This is about 2,000 years ago. Since then, for 2,000 years now, across denominations, across, across different churches, across cultures, the church has joyfully practiced the love discipline of tithing 10 percent. For the last 2,000 years, the church has been built by the faithful giving, faithful tithing of believers like you and myself. This is Christ's design and desire on how he wants to build this church. New City Church, uh, quite a few of you new to New City. We're so glad you, you made New City part, your home church. We're so glad you've, you've been called by God to belong and be on mission together with, with all of us at New City. Uh, a little bit of history about us as a church. We began our first pre-launch service in March 2013. We had our first Sunday morning service in January 2015. We've we've journeyed uh, along, you know, almost 10 years now if you look at even the pre-launch phase. In all those 10 years, every single expense of the church has been met by the faithful tithing of those of us who have been tithing regularly. And so the first thing that I want to do, and I do this every time I preach on finances and tithing, the first thing I want to do is celebrate every one of you who have been joyfully, consistently tithing, faithfully, diligently tithing. Your generous giving, your obedient giving has built, God has used that to build his church. And that's the first thing I want to do celebrate everyone who has been tithing regularly. Please don't hear me wrong on this, but but I do need to say this, and I I, I say this because it's the truth, and I I, I say this in love. If those of us who are tithing hadn't been tithing, the rest of us would not have been able to enjoy all of this. If those of us who have not been tithing faithfully for the last almost 10 years had not been tithing, the new city wouldn't have existed we wouldn't have been able to meet this hall. Practically, I said biblical, practical reasons. Where do you think the money is coming to pay for this hall? This place doesn't come cheap. And, you know, as I share in the group, you know, they're they're negotiating with us to increase it. God will provide. We we trust in God, we rest in God. But this place doesn't come cheap. Okay, let's just meet on Zoom. Do you know Zoom also charges you if your call is more than 40 minutes? Who's going to pay for that? Where did all these instruments come from? Worship, blissful worship, joyful worship. Where do these instruments come from? Without the types of people, we wouldn't have the joy of having Felix service full time. How's that going to happen? And not just don't just think New City. How has the church been built? Did, did God send money from heaven? Like, like Manna came down currency notes in different currencies according to nationalities. No, God builds his church through the joyful, sacrificial, consistent giving of his people. Without the types of people, we wouldn't have any of this. God does his work. He builds his church. Christ said, I will build my church. And he chooses to do that by moving the hearts of the people whom he has redeemed by his blood. The reality, again, I say this as a matter of fact, with no judgment, with no emotion attached to it. I just say this is reality because this is reality of our sanctification. None of us are perfect. None of us are absolutely Christ-like and we never will be till Christ comes again. So different people, we, we acknowledge, we all sin differently, right? Someone who's tithing generously might be, might be struggling in another area. So this is not, please don't, I don't want anyone to feel guilty or, or shamed in any way whatsoever, but this is something that I do want to honestly and with matter of fact, with no emotion attached to it, acknowledge and that maybe only 15, 20 percent of all of us in UCD City I think that's the average. Uh, only 15 to 20 and, percent. And my heart's desire is that the others would also confirm to God's design, to God's plan to build his, his uh, plan plan to build his church. Another biblical reason, and I've touched on it a little bit, it is God's design for pastors and those who are serving in the church to be paid for by the church. This is God's design. This is how God wants his church built. In the Old Testament, clearly, the Levites were provided for by, this, by the tithes of the Israelites. The New Testament is also very clear on this. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, Let the elders who rule... Ruling elders are those who preach and teach, uh, who are are kind of active, full-time elders. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For scripture says, this is Paul in the New Testament, raising the bar from the Old Testament, applying the New Testament. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. The laborer deserves his wages. This is God's plan. You see, at one level, tithing is not generosity. It's responsibility. It is responsibility to the local church that we belong to. Now, I want to address one more issue. I'm sorry, this is going to be a slightly longer sermon because we rarely talk about finances. When we do, I really want to share... Uh, 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 quite a few things. And so, and, and there are objections. So there are more objections I've had to address. I'm having to address, uh, because money is sensitive and I don't want anyone to go away with the wrong view of new city. So please bear with me if, if I kind of extend the sermon by another five minutes or so. Now, some people argue, I believe in tithing. I give more than 10%. I won't give to the local church. Where does it say you have to give to the local church? I will give to wherever I please. Whichever ministry God, the spirit of God lays on my heart this month, I will give. Nothing wrong with that. You're welcome. We encourage people to give outside of New City, but the tithe, we believe, is God's design to come to New City. Let me explain why. In, in the building behind, the one building behind that, uh, there are two coffee shops. I've met many of you in that coffee shop. You know, I find that very convenient to meet people. There's Starbucks and there's Chayu's. Imagine you go to Starbucks and have... Uh, their, uh, their Kenya uh, pour You enjoy the drink. It's really good. Uh, nice stiff coffee. You wakes you up in the morning. You have the coffee. Then you go to Chayu's and you pay the bill. I, I, I'm free to... I want to pay the bill where I want to pay to. Does that make sense? Right? Tithing, as I've been saying, it's, it's not just generosity. It's responsibility. See, when, when the Bible says we are members of one body... This is how God's plan works. This is God's design. This is God's economy. This is how God's economy is, is wired. So we encourage people to give beyond outside New City, and we, I'm going to talk about that a little bit now, but the tithes, the first 10%, at least the first 10% is rightfully given to the, to, to the local church because this is where you're being nourished in Christ. This is where the pastors are laboring week after week after week to nourish you with the preaching and teaching of God's word. There are more practical reasons, biblical practical reasons why you must tithe. One of the things that one pastor taught me early on in our church planting journey is that it's great for every church to follow the 50-50 principle. This is not the 11th commandment, this is just a suggestion, and it's a very helpful suggestion. 50-50 principle simply means that tithes and the offerings of the church, 50% can go to serve the body, and 50% must go to mission, serving those outside the church. See, if 100% of the tithe and offering is only serving the church, that's not very healthy. The church is the church because we are on mission together. So we desire, we are far from it because we're still a small church, we're still a growing church, we're nowhere near that 50%, but this is where we're moving towards. So some of the biggest expenses that we have is the hall rent, uh, then, you know, the, 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 the staff salaries that, that we pay out, full-time elders, we give, we, give, we honor them, we, we reward them for their labor biblically as we should, as we have a responsibility to, that's a big head, then a few expenses here and there. The rest, we've been growing in giving it away. So, here are the things we give to. Uh, there is a church called Bombay Baptist Church, we were part of, Aji and I, we were blessed and released uh, to plant New City Church. And they've, they've released us. So we have our own trust. We manage our own finances. And just as in the early days, BBC funded us for a few years. And so now it is our joy to give back. Uh, we give back to the church planting fund of Bombay Baptist Church. We believe as a church, we must give and actually give towards other church plants and plant other churches. Then Syriacity is another organization which has been working uh, in in, in serving church planters. You know, I'm part of the team, training team, which serves pastors and church planters. And we've been richly blessed by the training. So we give back to them in some way so that through that we we give from the tithe and offering. Most of you know that when, when the Gospel Coalition India was launched, we gave towards the starting up of Gospel Coalition India. That came, that's a blessing to the world at large, to the church at large. But it's still way, way below 50%. So the tithes and offerings, these are the broad heads that are going to. I'm sharing this so you know, you God is using you and your giving and your labor to build his church, to bring his kingdom here on earth. That's why tithing is so practical. If all of us say, no, there is no command. I'm free to give wherever we want. I'm free to give whenever we want, however we want. None of this would exist. We wouldn't exist as a church. And so I have to say, from what I understand of God's word, that if you belong to New City, if this is your home church, if this is where you believe God has called you to, then you do have a godly and biblical joy and responsibility of of tithing. Now, I want to be very practical. I want to be very honest here. Uh, And I'm being practical and honest because I struggle with this. Uh, Some of you might say, I believe in this, I want a tithe, but right now my personal finances are in a mess. There's no way I can give 10%. If you're like that, I would tell you, let's journey together. I'm very happy, not just me, have conversation with others in your city. Start up with 2%. Start over 3%. What is important is the heart to honor God the desire to honor God. At New City, we're never going to say you don't give 10% you're a bad believer. We're never going to say that. I rarely look at tithes and finances. I rarely look at who's who's tithing. I look at only maybe once or twice a year at budget time. That's it. And so, start with 2%, start with 3%, But but say, I want to honor God. Right? And let it take 2 years. Let it take 1 year. Let it take 5 years. Let it take 10 years, doesn't matter. As long as you're accountable and you hold to that faith that it is God who's provided you and you want to joyfully give back at least 10%. I'll close in two minutes. Biblical personal reasons. We looked at biblical new covenant, we looked at biblical practical, biblical personal reasons to tithe. Tithing is good for our souls. Tithing is good for our faith. I want to close, in closing, spend Just one minute each on Cain and Abel. One minute on Cain, one minute on Abel, and we'll pray and close. Cain's problem was that he did not have enough faith in God to give his best back to God. Cain's faith in God was weaker than his trust in money. And some of us struggle with the same problem. We don't trust in God enough to give our first 10% back to him. Ultimately, tithing is not a finance issue. It is a faith in God issue. And to Cain, God said, as we read in the passage, sin is crouching at your door. You must overcome it. Cain had to overcome his sin and his lack of faith in God by himself. Christ, had not been fully revealed to Cain, but Christ has been fully revealed to us. We know that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the perfect, the pure, the sinless, the absolutely righteous Christ, he gladly took on death on a cross so that every one of your sins and mine would be fully forgiven. When we see Jesus... When we see God giving his son, when we see God's son giving all of him with no strings attached, no conditions, all of him, nothing held back, when we see God giving his son all of it, all of himself to us, as it says in Romans chapter 8 verse 32, he who did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with Christ graciously give us all things. See, why would God withhold anything from us? That doesn't mean you'll never be in want. You'll never be, you know, that's not the gospel we're preaching. God is for us, with us, no matter what struggle. Sometimes struggles are a real part of life, part of our discipleship. I'm not saying no financial hardship if you give. That's not what I'm saying. But God's presence and God's blessing will always be with us. It is in seeing Christ not the Old Testament command. It is in seeing Christ that we find joy and faith to give 10% and and more. Let's also look at Abel before we close. Abel trusted in God. And this is where I show that tithing doesn't mean a trouble-free life. Abel trusted in God. He believed in God. His heart was full of gratitude and worship. He gave the best earnings, the fat portions of the firstborn of his flock. He gave it to God. God. God applauded that. God received that sacrifice. God was pleased in that sacrifice. You know what happened to Abel? His jealous brother Cain killed him. That's what happened to Abel. And Abel died. But as Hebrews chapter 11, the verse 4, the passage we looked at, it says, and through his faith... Though Abel died, he still speaks. He is alive with Christ and he still speaks. You see, tithing is a form of dying to self. In Mumbai, time and money are everything. Precious. When we give our time and money to God... We are dying to ourselves. We are dying to ourselves, but we are living for Christ. Jesus said, whoever loses his life will find it. Whoever finds his life will lose it. In tithing, we're not only mirroring the faith of Abel, but in joyfully tithing in some small, tiny way, we're also mirroring the sacrifice of Christ. Christ died so we could live. And so tithing consistently, joyfully, faithfully, month after month for the rest of our lives is a way in which we are denying ourselves in a Christ-like manner so that others could be blessed just as Christ denied himself and gave himself up so we could be blessed. Tithing is growing in Christ-likeness. Tithing is crazy, radical, cutting-edge faith. Do you want to worship Jesus with your radical faith? Do you want to? Is Jesus worthy of this? I'm going to close in prayer. But I want to know. If, I want to say, if any of you want to have private conversations? I'm very happy to. Um, uh, if you're struggling, and I, I relate to that, I've been through that as I shared earlier. If you're struggling, I want to encourage you to make a start. We're not going to judge you. 2%, 1%, half a percent. If you want to make that start, you want to be accountable to someone, feel free to reach out to me. Feel free to reach out to anyone in your city. We'll be very happy to help you. Let us pray. Uh, Father, we worship you. Uh, Even as we move into the Lord's Supper, Lord, may the emblems here remind us that Jesus gave his body and blood, for us he gave all of him for us and so lord as we faithfully partake in the lord's supper give us the faith to give of all of ourselves back to him thank you lord we worship you in jesus name we pray amen